0: fun with us if you do not know who he is you will very shortly when I get to this message I'll explain who he is very famous songwriter up in Nashville Tennessee but do you think we could write a song for Christmas or not come on let me hear you do you think it can happen All right, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, You got to tune in on Christmas Eve because that is when it's going to happen right here, 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. We will let you know if we were able to pull it off. Uh, Danny obviously was trying to help us out a little bit, but when he heard our little first rendition, I think he was faking that internet pause right there, all right? Because we had a lot of fun with it, and we do not want you to miss it. We're going to have communion as well. We're going to have Christmas classics. How about this band this morning, y'all? Come on, y'all. Give it up for them. You ain't heard nothing yet. You wait till Christmas Eve. There'll be some serious stuff. There'll be some fun stuff. You just don't want to miss it. And like I said before, be prepared for communion because it's going to be an awesome, special, special time. And it will be our last service here in the convention center. Come on, y'all. A little bittersweet, but give it up for all the good years. Come on, y'all. Give it up for all the people making it happen. Around 11 years we've been in here, so we're moving back to the boardwalk. You just don't want to forget that, that we're going to be there January 7th. Mark your calendars and come and be a part of the whole new beginning, man. It's going to be fun. And then while we're talking about fun, last week you knocked it out of the park because I got to thank you for carrying on the tradition of doing good. You know that you packed over 500 bags of blessings for all of those ladies down there. Come on, y'all. Give yourselves a little love. Come on. That sounds like y'all don't really care. Come on. Give me a little bit more than that. Come on, y'all. There you go. The reason it matters is because we got the response back from them, and they are blown away. Super, super thankful for all of you who gave a little bit of money, gave some of your time to turn around and help some ladies down south. And if you missed it last week, bags of blessings, here is Paul and Doug to tell us a little more about it. Watch this.
1: Obviously, a Simple church known for outreach and doing good in the community, but we're taking the community across the state and reaching out to help uh, young women behind bars where, you know, think about where they are. They're thinking they're what they may feel at the end of the rope with no hope. And today, today, right down here at the bottom of these uh, escalator stairs, it, it, it begins our chance to give back to them. Right. A chance to fill a bag with some supplies and show these ladies that they're not forgotten, that somebody cares about them. And it's just a great opportunity. So let's talk about to some of the people that are filling these bags right now before right. we fall off this escalator. I noticed you just came through the line and you filled up these bags with goodies. Why did you do that?
2: Because I wanted to help out people. Because help? I wanted to share God's love. Jesus loves
1: anybody and will always give someone a second chance.
0: This was just a perfect opportunity to give back to people that may be less fortunate and are trying to start a new life. And uh, spread the, the word of Jesus and, and love. How important
1: is it for them to know that somebody does care?
3: Oh, absolutely. When you're your rock bottom, you need to have somebody
0: that you know cares for about you or, or where you are and understands your situation and wants to help you get through it and out of there.
3: So I think it's important to get them <laughs> involved early, but being a part of the community and being able to contribute to those who need. That's why we stand in the line. That's why I think they both got $10 to they can both
0: give the money. And see that it's important to give as well as to receive. Come on y'all, give yourselves a little round of applause. You did it. You made it happen. And I have to thank you because at Christmas time, there's a lot of people that have a lot of needs and you've really knocked it out of the park. We got bikes being distributed tomorrow. We had some already this past Friday. Uh, plenty of toys going out, partnering with Gingerbread House and the police in our local area and the fire departments and just so many people have been blessed by you. Can you give yourself a round of applause with some enthusiasm? Come on, y'all. Good job, y'all. Great job, great job. All right, where are we going today? I'm going to give you a little history lesson, all right? We're wrapping up the series today. Like I said, we'll be here next Sunday for Christmas Eve at 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. But I'm going to go all the way back in time into the 90s. Believe it or not, this boy right here lived in Nashville for a little while. It's called the Music City for a reason. We were, you know, young guys trying to make it in the music business. And me and my buddy Alan, we moved from Shreveport up to Nashville to try to, you know, make it try to be stars, to write some songs, to, you know, get out there and perform. And I found a picture of us when we were back in the day, not so much country music as you can tell, but we had the desire to go up there and see if we could be successful And back in the 90s, it was a little bit different than this today. You didn't have internet the way you have all this stuff. Now, you had to do it old school. We actually went door to door knocking on different businesses, different organizations, different publishing companies, record labels, and said, hey, man, we're here. We had a cassette tape. Old people, y'all remember that? We had a cassette tape and had about 30 songs on it or so. And Robert Miller helped us record it at his house in Nashville. And we'd go in and go, we got some songs, man. Tell us what you think. And believe it or not, a couple of companies let us in. One was called Metal Green Publishing Company. We sit down in there at the table and Alan's got his acoustic and we start playing some of the songs and they're like, you know, we like them. And they were like, all right, we're going to offer you a deal. We're going to buy some of these songs, but here's the catch. You won't be performing them. You're selling the songs and the rights to those songs. And then we'll go out there and see who wants to record them. And if they record them, then you'll make your money. And we were like, because we were going to be stars, we were like, no, we ain't doing that. That was a stupid move, just for the record, all right? <laughs> Truthfully, like they're willing to buy our songs, but we were so arrogant. We were like, no, nah, man, we, we, we're going to make it on our own. These are good songs. And then it really boosted us because we're like, man, if they want to buy them, man, we're close. We're going to be able to do this. Well, the truth is the songs were okay. They weren't great, but there were some things that we learned in the process of living in Nashville, trying to make it. Again, it's back in the 90s, a long time ago, but these lessons still apply to where we are today. First point, put it on the screen for you. A great song has a great message. It's kind of obvious, but when you're driving down the road, there's something that connects through that song that you go, oh, I like that, or brings back a memory for you. It's this, this connection. There's something there that it's saying, and you like that. And so you listen to it again and again, and you buy it, and you share it, and that's the way it works. Well, country music is great at it. They're very, very good at presenting that message and helping you to buy into that. And one of the best is a guy by the name of Brad Paisley. Anybody recognize that good looking man right there? Him and his wife, yes, see, some fans out there. His beautiful wife, any fans of the wife? Come on, boys, help her out. Yes. Yeah, four or five of you. But beautiful, all right? But super talented, both of them are. But Brad is really, really good at writing songs and telling a story and having a great message behind it. I'm going to prove it to you because I'm going to give you a previously unreleased song today. This is not a joke. You're going to see Brad Paisley actually singing and it he wrote it for his beautiful wife. And you've never heard it before, but when I tell you it's got a great message, everybody in here you'll go, "Man, I connect with it." And all the ladies will go, "That's what I'm talking about." Watch.
3: This special song only performed at your your wedding. She's not into flowers Or getting big, expensive gifts She says she don't want jewelry And she doesn't need another dress If I want to show her how much I adore her the best way that I've found Is to make sure when I'm finished I put that toilet seat down <laughs> Cause in the m- middle of the night <laughs> It's cold and it's dark And when I hear my name in vain I know I haven't done my part She just wants me to support her And the best way that I've found Is with a gentle hand and a loving touch I put that toilet seat down (laughs)
0: ladies and gentlemen, Brad Paisley, right? (laughs) Obviously, great message, a great song, but it also, a lesson that we learned from Brad Paisley and all these great songwriters, you got to have a message, but it also has to tell a great story. As you just heard, you were locked in, you know, you were, oh, that's so sweet. But then you get the punchline, you're like, I get it. Well, it reminds me a couple of weeks ago of a very similar situation. It's kind of a sad story, but it also had a little lesson in it. You know that my dad passed away a few weeks ago. We went down to Alabama to celebrate his birthday, his last birthday, just a few weeks before that. Found a picture, me and my brother, we went down there, and he was in great spirits, all right? One thing I love about my dad, even at the end of his life, he is living it up. Man, we ate, we had a great time, laughed, we enjoyed it. And in the process of all that was going on with that, we get close to the end of the night, we don't know it's going to be his last birthday. We feel like it is, but we're trying to cherish every moment that we have together. Well, his wife, Kresslyn, she said, hey, boys, before y'all go, we have a nightly routine we would like for you to enjoy with us. We like to watch something on the TV. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, she was like, we, we, we always watch our story or whatever. Well, my dad, I'm like, he's a NASCAR guy. So I'm thinking, man, is it a NASCAR story or a documentary? Because, you know, guys like, hey, we're going to watch this story. And I'm like, no. Nope. I'm like, what are we going to watch? And I'm like, oh, we're going to watch our story. And I was like, I look at my dad, I'm like, I know you had a stroke, but are you really still with us, all right? Because this is a Vietnam vet, all right? He never in his wildest dreams would have thought that he's watching the young and the restless. But all of a sudden, we're sitting on this couch, and me and my brother She's pulling up the TV and it comes on. It's the young and the restless. And my dad's smiling. I'm like, yeah? I'm like, dude, you are not right, all right? I'm telling you, something has gone bad wrong. He's like, well, and then they start trying to tell us what's happening. You know, and I'm like, what is happening right now? And then if I wasn't shocked enough in the process of me watching them watch the young and the restless, my brother goes, oh, that's Victor. case y'all don't know that's Victor all right and my brother starts calling oh yeah that's what's she doing and I'm looking at my brother I'm like John John it's like (laughs) what is happening all right well what I realized very quickly as you can tell 50 years this show has been on so I'm like John do you really know this he goes man it's a crazy story I dated a girl in high school we'd get out of high school leave Magnet High and we would drive to her house because they had VCR tapes do y'all remember that and she would record her stories, all right? She'd put in the VCR tape, and they'd watch it, and he said, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. Victor looks exactly the same, all right? (laughs) He has not aged. The characters hadn't aged, and I'm looking. I'm like, dude, look at that set. It looks like it's from the 80s. The sets looked the same. The story was the same. The people looked the same. It was crazy. Now, we laughed, and we had a big time with this, but all I could think was like, man, is anybody gonna rewrite this story? It looks like to me, it's time for a rewrite. Because as we watch this episode, my brother is telling me, because I've never seen the show, I don't know anything about it really. The only reason my brother did is because his girlfriend, the only reason my dad did is Crestline. I promise you, but they're in it now, all right? They're following along and oh yeah, telling them. I'm like, John goes, dude, it's the same. It is exactly the same. And I'm like, why don't they rewrite it or redo it? But for some reason they're keeping it the same. Well, in the music world, in the Nashville world, is if you have a song that you're writing, a story, you're trying to record a song, when you're trying to fix it or you're trying to repair it or you know, make it better, we have what we call as an overdub. So it's not a rewrite, it's an overdub. And an overdub is when you go in and say you want to rewrite a chorus or you want to change a verse, you can actually rewrite it overdub it, record over it. Now, back in the 90s, this is what we recorded on. It's called a reel-to-reel. Now, this is old school, man. It's literally, you had to start your tracks, and when these things are recording, the only way to fix it or to overdub is they had to punch in. So if I sung a wrong note or a guitar player played a wrong note, drummer missed a beat, they'd go, hold on, let's go back and fix it. We're gonna overdub this. It's kind of like a rewrite. The bottom line was this. When it's messed up, you can go back and fix it. It's kind of like that story in Young and I'm like, man, they need to fix that messed up story. It's the same thing. Or in a song world, I, they could really do this a little better. Now, many of you are asking, it's like, what does all of this have to do with Christmas? Well, you'll find out. But let's go ahead and reveal part of it right now. What shocks me and amazes me and brings joy to me is that we have a Savior who understands how to rewrite stories and how to overdub our mistakes. That really is what Christmas is all about. You have a God that when we've messed up and we can't fix it, he comes in and overdubs and fixes the stories that are so messed up in our life. And if you've got sin in your life and you go, man, I really regret this because remember, I'm a kid of the 80s and 90s. I got a little bit of sin. Can I get an amen somewhere out there or an oh me? And you have to overdub. Well, our God gets that. See, Jesus came in and he laid down new tracks. He punched in and covered up our mistakes. And when you look at Scripture, you'll see this over and over again as a reminder of just how special this person is, this man named Jesus. Isaiah 43 told it like this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It's kind of like even us here in the convention center, we're moving to a new place in the new year. So there's some bittersweet, you know, memories here and there's all these little challenges going through. But what is he saying? It's like, you can't hang on the past. You can't hang on your mistakes, man. I'm a God who loves doing a new thing. Hebrews eight says it like this. You ready for this? In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. Now my buddy, Andy Stanley got in trouble for this, but he didn't write it He's just communicating it. And you go, well, why would they get mad at him? Well, because what Jesus is saying and what he did, he rewrote the story. The first half of the Bible, the Old Covenant, is an amazing story that sets up a Messiah, a Savior. And here at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that he came to earth in the form of a child born to rewrite all of history. And most importantly, our history. And cover up the sin that we have to make the old way, the old system obsolete. Now, whether you agree or disagree, let me try to help you and understand why this is a big deal. The reason obsolete is so important, the old system required us to sacrifice animals. Now you're glad it's obsolete? You'd have to bring a goat in. You'd have to find the perfect animal. You'd have to shed the blood of that animal under the old covenant, the old system. So that you could have forgiveness of your sins. So last night might have been a rough night. Last week could have been a rough week. Last year could have been a rough year. So what you'd have to do, you'd have to go find these animals, come in, shed their blood so that you could be made right with God. And guess what? You couldn't come into church. You'd have to come to the temple, present this sacrifice and then the priest would have to go in because he's the only one good enough and he'd have to go into the holy of holies behind this curtain, make his way in to present to God and ask for forgiveness so that you could have a fresh start and a new beginning. That's the old system and thank God it's obsolete because through this baby being born in a manger who grew up to be a man who lived a sinless life, who sacrificed and served and ultimately went to the cross and shed his blood once and for all it was the ultimate overdub. It was the ultimate rewrite. That's why Christmas is important. The old is gone. You can't even see it anymore. It's been recorded over. It's been rewritten. And Revelation 21 five says it like this. He who, he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. That is why Emmanuel, God with us, that is new. That is not following a cloud by day, going into a temple to try to earn your way. It's like, no, listen, God has made his way to this earth in the person of Jesus to provide direct access to God, not having to go through a priest, not having to go through a preacher. You now have God with you right where you are. Whether you're watching online or you're in this room, God is with us. Matthew 1 says it like this. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child, she shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. If you really want to get it today, this is the ultimate rewrite. We have a God who left heaven and came to be in our presence. And he still sends his spirit to be with us today. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how bad the story has been, you have an opportunity for the ultimate rewrite rewrite he came to rewrite your story and my story he came to overdub our mistakes now let me take you back into time once again I'm in Nashville we're doing music we're trying to make it we're writing songs we go out with a band called Jeff more in the distance and we travel around for about a year or so and just trying to figure out how to make it in the business when it doesn't work out and we really are not successful, we come back home and I'm working as a janitor at Temple Baptist Church over on Florinor Lucas, you know, I'm got long hair, looked like my son played bass today. Everybody's like, man, it look just like you back in the 90s. I'm like, Ian, cut your hair, son. I'm just kidding, all right? Well, the truth was my long hair wouldn't give me a job. Nobody would hire me. Some old music minister hires me and I'm mopping floors back there trying to figure it all out and going around church to church again, trying to see if anybody will hire a rock and roll musician trying to... Serve God, and guess what? Not a church in this town would. Place after place after place, because you probably already figured this out. But back then, most churches didn't even have drums in them. Remember, go back to the late '80s, early '90s. How many churches were rocking and rolling? There wasn't a lot. Shreveport Community, thank God for Denny Duron. He was one of the guys leading out. But back then, there were a lot of churches. And I grew up in the Baptist church and the Catholic church. They wasn't rocking out. Can I get an amen now? They were kicking us out because we had long hair and played an acoustic guitar. So anyway, we we're trying to figure it out. And finally, I'm going around and I get to First Baptist Bossier and a young youth pastor by the name of Stuart Hall meets us in the back. And he's like, man, you look familiar. And he was one of the first stops we had when we were out living in Nashville and touring with Jeff Moore. And he goes, man, I owe you a favor. And he gives me a job and start working there. And all of the past was really just hanging over me. And all of these different things in our head, we had grown up in the bars, man. I had played music in the bars, and that's how we started trying to do music and eventually went into Christian music, but we had all this stuff going in our head, and every church story was kind of tough for us. They were judgmental, didn't like our hair, kicked us out, so we had a lot of stuff working, working through us, and here we are going, all right, God, we want to be used, but help us. And in the midst of that crazy journey there, I fall in love with a beautiful blonde by the name of Miss Angie Dawn. Can you give her some love? Let her know she's loved this morning. Yes. And if it wasn't enough that we were struggling with the church, Angie comes into my life and we go get ready to be married and we had fell in love on a mission trip and she had been married before. She'd gone through a divorce and we went into our premarital counseling and the minister looked at us and he goes, I just want you to know before I even start, I'd never marry her, crushed her and ticked this boy off. I'm like going, man, who are you? Like, this is everything that I hate about the church. You don't know who she is. You don't know what she's gone through. You don't know her story. You're just simply going, because of her past, write her off. Just like you did with me. Oh, you played in the bars. Y'all like rock and roll? Write them off. And that frustration and that anger is part of what drove us to the Simple Church. You're welcome. (laughs) And in the process of all this going on, we were still doing music. And we had gone to do a camp at Louisiana Tech playing music. We had finally started playing a little bit, and we're over at Tech, and Angie calls me. This is in the summer. We're going to get married in October. In the summer, she calls. She says, hey, about July, I need to talk to you because I'm going to come to you, and I'm not sure we can really do this. I don't know if I can get married. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, Fell in love with her. This is my girl. This is my life, and so she comes over there, and she says, listen, I got so much sin in my past, and I know the way the church is judging me. You're a pastor. They're not going to accept me. I'm not sure I'm going to be accepted. I don't know if I can do this. And you, you got to know all of my stuff. She's t- going through all these different things. I'm going, what is happening? And in the midst of that, she left. She drove back home, and I'm sitting at rushing with all the guys, and I'm going, all right, God, what am I going to do? Is she going to marry me? Is she not? What's my future? How is this going to work? And I run across this scripture. I don't want to share it with you because this scripture is the reason, thank God, we celebrate 25 years of marriage this year. Come on, give me some love on that. Yes. Because back then we didn't have cell phones, but I had a pay phone. And I picked that pay phone up and I said, hey, Angel, I want you to listen to this scripture. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person or she becomes a brand new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. I said, get your white dress on and meet me at the altar, baby. Come on, because we finna do this. And we ain't worried about what anybody else says. Baby, your story has been rewritten. There's an overdub that has happened. Because Jesus changes our story. And what made me so excited about finding this scripture as a young person. I've told many people this. When I left out of the first service a minute ago, a lady cried out in the front. She said, Justin, I needed this today. Because all of us in here know this to be true, that sometimes the wrong story traps you. Angie was trapped in her past. People are trying to hold me to my past. My parents, when they went through a divorce, the church had written them off as well. So I had all these bad experiences with these things that had happened in the church. And if I wasn't careful, I would have left the church. There is no story of a preacher. There is no simple church. If Angie listened to the wrong story, she doesn't marry me. There are are no children. There's no bass player today. There's no 25 years of great marriage. But the truth is, is you can't let the wrong story trap you. If you're not careful, whatever your past is, you're going to live right here. I will always be this way. This is the way I've always been. This is what happened to the Israelites. They had been captive they had been prisoners. They had been slaves. And all of a sudden, God frees them, and they get into the promised land, right? They're on their way, and they begin to gripe and complain, and I can't believe this, and I don't know how we're going to do this. They were on their way to the promised land. They hadn't even made it yet, but they were free. They were out of captivity. And in that process, they begin to whine and complain. I can't believe we're here. And no, no, this is not what I thought. All the negativity starts coming back. And you and I can be the same way. I heard a recent story about a bear. They had been in a cage for most of his life it reminded me of us it reminded me of the israelites and this bear had lived in that cage and they finally were going to free him and take him to a beautiful zoo in this beautiful place that he could live and they put the cage in there they opened the door and they said hey man yogi this is your world live in it and guess what yogi did he stayed in the cage doors open you can go he just walked around in the cage they finally had to knock him out drag him out of the cage, remove the cage. And they're like, now maybe he'll go and live his best life. But to their surprise, guess what the bear did? He stayed in the same 10 by 10 space of that cage, walking in circles. And all of the workers were like, what is going on? Go live your life, go be free. But this is the same thing that happens to you and me. You let the wrong story trap you. And we have a God who rewrites stories. We have a God who overdubs our mistakes, but we find ourselves just walking in the same story. Romans 12 says it like this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. Your mindset matters. What you put into this mind matters, and what you think about yourself and your future matters. And when people start talking stuff to you and people start being negative, and it could be the church, it could be a coworker, it could be an ex, it could be a community, and you begin to just, well, that's right. That's who we are. That's what's going on. I'm going to tell you right now, it will ruin your life. It's time for an overdub. It is time to rewrite the story. And if you've lived in Shreveport, Bossier, like me, the only year I lived away in Nashville was 92 to 93, in the most of my life, I've been in the Shreveport-Bossier community, and this is what I hear more often than not: nothing good comes out of Shreveport. I tell you right now, I'm just telling you, man. This just this is bad, and that's bad. And, well, it, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my gosh! And this it, it, just always the same. Nothing good comes out of here. Nothing good comes out of here. And let me show you something. and I want to prove you wrong. Just one example. Put an image on the screen. This is a friend of mine. His name is Danny Orton. He's the lead singer for a band called Exit. How I met him was in Humphreys. Can I get an amen out there now, right? One of my best friends, John Compton, lived in our neighborhood. He was the bass player. Became the bass player for Exit. He started sneaking me into bars when I was underage. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. 16, 17 years old, I'm going into Humphreys. I'm going into Sports Page. I'm traveling with Exit down to College Station. They are the band at the time. They're a rock and roll band. And guess what happens? Because of this relationship... Music wells up in my soul. After sitting and watching for hours and hours and loving it, I had no talent, I had no ability. I never thought I would ever sing in my life. But this is how I got into the music business. People like Danny. And then you go, well, what's the big deal with Danny? Well, Danny went out of rock and roll and moved to Nashville to become a songwriter. Started writing songs because he's super talented. When you say nothing good comes out of Shreveport, I'll remind you that these are some of the people that he's written hits for. Reba McIntyre and Ladies for You. That eye candy's for you on Christmas. Merry Christmas, all right? Tim McGraw, Dan and Shay, Rascal Flatts, Billy Ray Cyrus, just to name a few. He's also written for another band that you may have heard of, not in the country world, Chicago. Anybody heard of them? Yeah, he's written a song for Chicago. And guess where he's from? He was a Shreveport firefighter who moved to Nashville. And it's been super successful in his writing career. I'm going to do a podcast and release it this next week. Me and Danny talked for over an hour. He sent me like 25 something songs. I listened to him last night. I'm like, that's a hit. That's a hit. He's all these different artists. Blake Shelton, Jason Aldean, Tim McGraw again. There's all these people waiting. So I'm asking you to pray for Aunt, uh, Danny to have another hit. Can I get an amen on that right now? Why? Because from Shreveport, there are good things that happen. And your problem and my problem, that's just one example. If it wasn't for Danny, there is no Justin story of a preacher standing on a stage because music is what put me in the ministry. So I tried to tell Danny, I'm like, man, I'm super grateful for you. He's like, oh, man, don't, oh, don't worry about that. No, no, no. God used you in the writing of my story. And Danny's a believer. His wife, Tracy... Great young lady, man. We used to work together in the mall, man. When I was at Gadzook selling bikinis, she was down the mall selling women's clothes. You know what I'm talking about? Old school. And throughout our whole journey together, we see how God's hand has orchestrated and rewritten all of our stories and overdubbed the mistakes to tell his story in it. But our problem is if you're not careful, you'll keep playing the same old song in your head I'll never make it, I'll never be anything. It's just the way it is. Shreveport, Bossier, nothing works. I'm just a failure. I've been divorced. The church never accepted me. God rejected me. I don't have any plans. And I'm telling you right now, it's time for an overdub. It is time for you to understand that God rewrites stories, and I'm living proof of it. Danny is living proof of it, that there are great things that come out of this city. There are great things to come for this city. And guess what? He wants to rewrite your story. He wants you to be able to walk out of here and go, man, this is who God says I am. You are fully loved, fully forgiven, fully accepted, super gifted. God has a plan for you. And guess what? Your best days are ahead of you. And every one of you, whether you're watching online or you're in this room, you need to be reminded of it. It's time to rewrite the story. Punch in an overdub. Make the former things of your life obsolete. That's the story of Christmas. It's not just the baby in the manger. It is the fact that this Emmanuel, God is with us, came to grow up into a man who served and sacrificed and ultimately died and shed his blood for you and me to have a rewrite, a fresh new beginning. That is Christmas. That's the powerful message that Jesus wanted us to grab today. That is the power of the great story. One more quick example. You talk about rewrite, you talk about overdub, you talk about the power of a great story. I'll show you a picture of another family friend of ours. His name is Olivier. And in 2009, some of the guys in this church, we flew halfway around the world to a country called Rwanda. This country was coming out of a genocide. Over a million people killed. More widows and orphans than anywhere else in the world. They turned on each other. They slaughtered families, neighbors. Kids were in the streets. There was no hope. There was no water. There's no clean food for anyone to eat or no clean water for them to drink. There's no education. There's very little medical issues going on as far as hospitals or ways to meet those needs. They're in a bad situation. And this little boy right here, I got to meet him. And when we met him, A group by the name of African New Life said, man, Justin, would you consider sponsoring him? And in 2009, I had no idea really what would come of this. But me and my family said, yeah, we can afford to do that. We can help rewrite someone's story. We can help overdub some of the bad that's been happening in that part of the world and start putting good in there. And then what's just really, really amazing is last year, My kids have walked by this picture forever and ever, but Hannah got to go with me to meet her brother in Africa. And this little boy has grown into a man that looks into the eyes of my kids and my eyes and says, thank you for rewriting my story. Thank you for reminding me that there's a hope, that there's a purpose for me, that I can accomplish great things. And if it can happen for Olivier in Rwanda, it can happen for you and your kids. Get your head right. Transform the way you think. Look at things differently. Begin to understand the power of the God who leaves heaven to come into this earth for you, for me. That's the story. And as a result of it, the reason we're here, guess what? It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than our story. He leaves you here so that you can help rewrite someone's story so that you can be a part of changing someone's life and that's why I'm excited to tell you today the reason we're in this room today is God rewrote my story God showed me that there was hope and that there was a future for me and in the process it helped us to change the country of Rwanda We sponsor over 800 kids around the world and in Rwanda as a result of your giving. And in results of that are the country has changed. The story has changed. And when I keep telling you, when you go, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I have the money and I know we're in a building company. Listen, I'd rather you take the money out of the building campaign and sponsor a child. And you go, well, that's pretty bold. Let me tell you why. Is because it's about changing someone's life forever. Without us, there is no hope. We'll figure it out. God will take care of us. And I'm praying that somehow, some way that that will happen. But I'm going to tell you, when you look back at a picture like Olivier and you look back at the eyes of these kids, there's tons of these kids in this world that need us to help. And when I tell you that you remember that the mindset matters, it's the truth. Because you can now help them believe that they can do anything. Philippians 4, you've heard this on every sports team and everything else, but let me tell you from another perspective. When it talks about you can do everything, it's coming back to helping you believe that you can change the world. You can do everything God asked me to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Christmas is about hope. It's about joy. It's about believing that you can do anything and everything and that he wants to use you to help change a kid's life and just this past week we got a call back from Africa New Life in Kajeo the village that Olivier is in all they were wanting us to do this Christmas was like hey Justin there's about 64 kids that could use someone to sponsor them like Olivier to help them grow up and change their life would you be willing to tell people about it I'm like yes why because at Christmas it's about hope you can provide that hope. It's about joy. When that kid knows he's sponsored, his life is changed. And it's also, believe it or not, the same for you and your family. When your kid, my kid Hannah, got to look into the eyes of the kid that's hung on the refrigerator and hug him and know it changed life, it changes all of us. And if you don't believe me, believe the young lady down here who's doing sign language for our deaf community. Believe her husband, Jeff, and Miriam because they've gone with this from the very beginning, and here is their perspective and their story of how God is rewriting their lives as they help rewrite someone so precious to them halfway around the world. Watch.
1: Hey, I'm Jeff Tripp.
4: and I'm Marion Tripp. So this is Elijah. He's t- 20 now. Okay. So we've been sponsoring him for 10 years. 10 years now.
1: In 2013. Um, Basically we went to the home that had the most needed family and we delivered food. And during that time I was standing outside praying as the team went in. And I uh, felt God speaking to me and saying, this is the person, someone in this home is who you need to sponsor. And that's where it all began for me.
4: So when he came home, we contacted Africa New Life and requested that Elijah be under our sponsorship. He was 10 at the time. And we went back in 2014 to meet him.
1: When the first time you meet, it's, uh, it's an experience that uh, you can't explain.
4: It's a little awkward, but it is a fun experience because then we get to hang out with them for the day and then we got to go and do a family visit with them, which was, oh, it was just so touching. Even if it was for that short afternoon that we had together, it was just one of the best experiences of our lives. We went back and when we got to the um, church where we would be having the parties and we looked out and Elijah had our picture in his pocket and he pulled it out and he held it up and he saw us on the bus and he had the biggest grin on his face and it just touched us so much that he carried that picture with him.
1: And uh, through Africa New Life, when you sponsor, there are some health needs that obviously get taken care of, and that was one of the uh, advantages for uh, Elijah to be in the program because he got the the health treatment that he needed to uh, become a, a healthy young man.
4: Here we are in 2023, and we had been wanting to go back to see him. He's uh, in secondary now and he has two more years of school and we've been getting letters and writing back and forth. So Elijah lives with his uncle now. His, his family moved to Tanzania during COVID and he stayed with his uncle so he could stay in the program. So Elijah and his uncle traveled six hours to see us.
1: Uh, Elijah came up to the bus and put his hand on the window and I put my hand on the window and he's smiling big. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get off the bus. So I was pushing everybody out of the way to get off the bus to go see Elijah. Of course, the time we went this year, uh, it was during October, which is their rainy season. So when we got off the bus and actually hugged him, he was soaking wet because they had traveled through the rain. I mean, six hours to to come and visit is hard to, I can't comprehend that.
4: As Elijah and his uncle were leaving, I I looked at Elijah and I told him, I love you, Elijah. He looked down at me, he said, I love you too, Marion. And that just, its like I said, it's my Rwanda family. Yep. So uh, sponsorship has impacted us in many positive ways. There's no negative thing to be said about it. It doesn't cost very much to sponsor a child, um, less than the cost of going out to eat.
1: So today's your opportunity to uh, sponsor a child. It's very simple, it's easy, it changes you, it changes them, and it makes a difference.
4: This is the greatest gift you could give yourself and you could give to a child.
0: Put your hands together for them. Come on, y'all. How awesome is that? The band's going to do a song in a minute, but I want to tell you that in the lobby, there's an opportunity to pick up those 60 kids and rewrite their story. Overdub that tape that's playing in their head that I'll never make it. I will don't have a future when the truth is because of you they do. Hebrews 10.24 says, let us consider how to spur one another to love and to do good. Because we're in country Christmas, I couldn't help but think of the spur. And why does a cowboy wear a spur? Because he guides and directs. It gets the horse moving. It tells him where to go. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're trying to guide you, direct you, encourage you to do good, to love in a way that's practical. Help rewrite a story. As the band plays the song, the title is Noel. And you may be go, well, what does Noel mean? It means to be born. And another translation says it's good news. Think about it for a minute that you and I can be good news for a kid halfway around the world. You can be reminded today of your value, that you can change someone's life. And it starts on a day like today. Born again because of your gift. Help them rewrite their story. Would you pray with me before this band plays? Lord, as this band does a beautiful song today, as they have the moment, let them pause and reflect on the fact. That you're a God who left heaven and earth for us to rewrite our story so that we could be spurred on to do good, to love, to remind others that you have a purpose on this earth just like we know we do because you came for us. Let us reflect on and enjoy and absorb the good news that you are with us, Emmanuel. In Jesus' name, amen. No! Come on, y'all, give him one more round of applause. Mr. Ernie Chaney on keyboards this morning from Nashville, Tennessee as well. Thanks for Ernie being here. And Christy, can you give it up? Come on, girl, blowing it out. You don't want to miss Christmas Eve, I'm telling you. This band's going to throw it down. It's going to be awesome. But before we leave, let me pray for you. Father, someone needs to be reminded today that you want to rewrite their story. The story of amazing love is who you are, and that's what Christmas is about. You came to overdub our sin. Thank you for dying on the cross, shedding your blood to cover up our mistakes. And then, Father, overcoming the grave to remind us there is hope today. It is a new beginning, a fresh start for anyone and everyone who says, Jesus, I need you. I messed up, and I want you to come into my life and change me. You promised to meet him right there. And when we do that, Father, and we follow you, you call us, you spur us on to do good, to love change the world. That's what today is about. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.